Hey, how you doing? This is Wade with Wade for Wireless. And welcome back for another episode of Wade for Wireless with all your wireless updates, news, and information. Just sit back and relax. Let's talk more about smart cities. I'm really on a smart city kick. I'm really excited because so many things are going to happen out there for smart cities. And today I want to, I thought it would be a good idea to specifically talk about building the smart city foundation because we need a foundation for everything out there. And cities have a lot of things that we can use. And and I'm going to be real basic real quick today. I thought I'd just go over everything. But first, I want to thank my sponsors like Tower Tracker Pro, TowerTrackerPro.com, just like it sounds, Tower Tracker Pro. And what they do, they're a software as a service where you can set it up to have your crew go out and do a closeout package step by step by step. It tells them exactly what to do, what pictures to take. It takes the pictures right from their phone, their device, whatever they have, and puts it right in the package. As they go through it, the document's being built step by step by step. When they're finished or they think they're finished, they can just upload it to the cloud and someone back at the office can look at it and bam! They'll tell them right away if it's complete or not because we want to get the closeout package done right in one visit. One visit for the tower crew. That's the plan. This walks them through step by step, makes sure all the pictures are right, includes the data that they need, and it's a beautiful thing when you can do it in one visit, save time, save money, and be very efficient. So I want to thank them, of course, TowerTrackerPro.com. I also want to thank Tower Safety and Instruction. They have all your tower training needs for all your different types of tower work and plus safety, say first aid, CPR, things like that. Uh, Tower training such as climbing, tower rescue, uh, tower safety at the site. And also they have drone training for tower work, drone training specifically for tower work. That's a big one. They have the online courses. Plus they'll sell my books, the 5G deployment plan handbook, and also the LTE deployment plan handbook or LTE deployment handbook for small cells, CRAN and DAS. I love those guys. Towersafety.com. My books, you can get, you can ask the school about it, or you can just go to wadeforwireless.com, which is where I have this blog. Let's move on. Today, like I said, be a good idea to talk about building the Smart City Foundation. Now, I, I've been really into densification, Smart City Foundation, because that that's what we're going to move to here, it seems. We're still going to do tower work, but I don't see the big deployments happening anytime soon. Maybe with AT&T and FirstNet. You know, FirstNet, they see the light at the end of the tunnel. But is it a light of freedom or is it a train heading at them? You know what I mean? <laughs> Sometimes that light may look like a good thing until the train comes up on you. I'm sorry, I digress. Let's get back to building the smart city foundation. Now, the one thing that we all look at with the smart cities are what assets do they already have in place? And that's what I'm going to concentrate on. Of course, they have poles. The poles they can mount the small cells on, they can put cameras on. The lampposts, they can add LED lighting. I know it's very expensive right now, but it's coming down in price. They can put solar panels on it. When I'm out in California, I see a lot of solar panels. They can put the the wind generators on, you know, simple windmill. I know that sounds a little crazy to some people, but why not? It's an energy source, and it might be enough to power the lights there, charge your batteries. It could run the thing for a few hours at night. And what that means is that the city doesn't have to pay for that electric. The other thing they have is a lot of underground facilities. But here, before I get into fiber, 
let's talk about the equipment that you can put underground. That's right. There's a company called Brand Bumps that I talk to once in a while. And they have a really cool box that you can put underground and it looks really, nobody knows it's there. In fact, you can put it on the corner and it's, I don't know how many of you guys have been to cities, but when you come down off of an intersection, they usually have a ramp there for the handicapped and they have these bumps there. So the handicapped people don't slip. Well, under that, this company brand bumps because they're geniuses said, why don't we put a box there? It's very obvious and it'll be right there where it looks pretty. We won't have to dig up the sidewalk again. They can just take uh, the cover off. Bam, your equipment's in there and it's dry. And somehow it's, they have airflow going through there. It's just amazing. So those guys make an underground box, and I thought it was pretty cool, and it looks pretty, and it's underground. Who thinks it would be great underground? I think the big cities would, because they don't want anything else hanging on the poles. They don't want any equipment up there making noise or whatever. They want it hidden. They want their poles to look nice, and not every city wants to replace every pole that they have, and a lot of the poles are hollow inside, but it's not big enough to put equipment, but it is big enough to run fiber or coax or something like that through the middle. Think about it. How cool is that? Now, fiber. One thing that cities overlook, they understand that they have fiber. And a lot of cities now, in today's world, they run fiber. They just do. They have to. It's just a, what we have all over the city. Hey, I'm a big fan of wireless. Where we can put wireless links in, let's do it. I'm a fan of wireless and wireless links. However, the reality is people love fiber. Fiber can do a lot. And fiber is very flexible. You can do a lot with fiber as far as data. And it's a data-centric world, folks. In fact, small cells, fixed wireless, all that needs fiber at some point. That's why if the city has fiber and they have plenty of extra strands, they should think of that as an asset. They could lease that. They could rent it. They could also allow other companies to run alongside it. I'm just saying this because it's a great way for cities to, you know, add a little income by sharing their fiber, renting their fiber, leasing it, things like that. With wireless backhaul, a lot of cities have older links, so they may not have the bandwidth to really share because now everyone wants 100 meg or a gig. They want huge pipes. Today, we can do that with wireless. Five years ago, it wasn't common. I think there were people trying to do it, but it wasn't common. Now, if you don't have a gig link at some point, it's you know it's going to be tough to move ahead out there. And who knows what we'll have in three years. A gig probably won't even be enough. I mean, look what they're doing with the macro sites now. Pretty soon with uh, 5G or even with 4G, they'll be doing up to a gigabit per second on the front hall, which is pretty amazing. Think about that, folks. And if you don't think it can be done, talk to Verizon, talk to T-Mobile, talk to Sprint, talk to AT&T. They're all testing it. They're all testing 500 megabits per second and up. The devices have to catch up. Trust me. It's out there, it's in the lab, and it's soon going to be deployed. And once again, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> it's just neat. I love to see things like that happen. Does everyone need it? No, I think we're doing pretty good right now. But there will come a point when we want to do more. And it's going to give wireless a fixed wireless solution that you can run it to the house and compete with the cable companies or with the fiber to the home companies because Running fiber to the home is very expensive. And I think uh, Verizon learned that with uh, their, well, they have Fios. AT&T learned it with whatever they have, whatever fiber they have to the home. Cost a lot of money. So wouldn't it be cool if we had, say, spectrum, let's say the millimeter wave, where we have large swaths of spectrum, and we could just 
put a, a multi-point Millie Wave radio on a pole and point it to four, five, six houses. No cables underground. You put something in the window, at least in my head. You could put something on the roof like DirecTV, but people don't want that either. People want easy peasy. You know what they want to do? They want a box. They want to sit it in the window. They want to plug it in below the window, and they want Wi-Fi in the house. A lot of people don't even want the wired connection anymore. I mean, that's just how it is. So that's the key, folks. We want to get fixed wireless out there. We want at least, I don't know if we really need it. It's nice to have a gigabit to the house, but I think for wireless, people would accept, say, 50 meg to 100 meg. And I'm thinking what my cable connection is. You know, it started out as a few meg, and now I think it's up to 30 meg, and I have a cable modem. And I'm not complaining. You know, uh, the cable companies, they do a good job. As much as we all complain, the complaints are all about TV. I think people just complain about the internet when it slows down, when they have problems, when it's intermittent. But I got to tell you where I live, I'm pretty happy with it. I can think over the year it might have dropped four times and it didn't drop long. And if sometimes you have, you know, storms and things. Anyways, getting off point. Sorry, folks. So cities have the pillar, the, the pillar. <laughs> cities have the power. That's what I wanted to say. Cities have the wanted to say. <laughs> I'm just having a rough time. Cities have the power. They have the power to allow more fiber to be run. So if someone's going to rip up the street, cities, try to plan it out. I know it's not your responsibility. I know you're overworked, but let's face it. You're the ones that require the permits. You're the ones that require the zoning. So if you're going to do it, have as many companies lay fiber as they can or have the company that's laying fiber put a requirement down that they have to have fiber in there long enough for the next two years and then put a two-year uh, uh, restriction maybe on that particular street. Nobody's going to like that, but you have the power. But with great power comes great responsibility. And your responsibility is to plan this out for the next two or three years. Yeah, I stole that line off Spider-Man. Give me a break. But it's true. The cities really need to take the time to plan things out. It's very hard when you have a carrier screaming at you, threatening a lawsuit because you don't let them do something, or a fiber company or a cable company. But the reality is, if you plan it out and you put the restriction in writing out there ahead of time, then they'll understand the rules before they go in. They'll understand they have to lay five times as much fiber. And at this point, I don't think anyone's going to complain too much about it. Listen, all the money's in digging the street up and the permitting and everything. Running the fiber, laying the fiber, I know it's money, but it, it's a small amount of money compared to what it costs to rip a street up or a sidewalk. Okay, I'm just saying. If you want to read about Another problem we have with overhead fiber, I have links in there. So here's the deal. Um, I talk with a guy down in Nashville quite a bit. In fact, he was, uh, he was a guy, one of my business coaches. And uh, he helped me out with some stuff to, you know, grow my business, obviously. But the other thing he did was tell me about all the fiber problems that Nashville had. And I wish I could have been there. But here's the thing about attaching to a pole. You have rights. I shouldn't say you have rights, but... The person who is previously attached to the pole has rights. And one of the rights can be that they don't allow competition on. They don't allow other people to connect to the pole. You have to really read the agreements. And I, I, I don't know if I should blame the city or who I should blame or the pole owner, the utilities. But a lot of people don't read the agreements. They just sign it. They pay their couple bucks a month to be on the pole and everybody's happy until the new guy moves in. 
Then when the new guy moves in, he just attaches to the pole because, quite frankly, he didn't read the agreement either. So in Nashville, what happened was you, you already had AT&T and the cable company. I think it's Comcast, but I'm just not sure. You had them on the pole, and they had the right to refuse anyone new coming in. Well, Google Fiber came in, and we all love Google Fiber. We're just going to sign up for Google Fiber because it's Google Fiber, and we want to say we have Google Fiber in our house because Google Fiber is cool. At least that's how it's perceived. Well, AT&T doesn't like that because for every new Google Fiber connection, that's one less AT&T fiber to the home connection. The cable companies don't like it for the same reason. Ditto. So they both wanted to block them off there. Who has to hear about the headaches? The city council. <laughs> the city's got to deal with it. So cities, once again, plan ahead. Maybe you can think about this. I know it's a little late for a lot of the poll agreements, but... Maybe you should start going underground. Maybe you should put up different polls. Maybe you should maybe try to get new agreements. Whatever you want to do. I'm just saying, let's think of a better way to do this. And let's plan ahead. The overhead connections, the polls, everything. It's a big deal. Hey, the other thing, uh, the strands. For those of you that don't know what a strand is, that's basically the steel cable that goes from pole to pole that they connect cables to, you know, as a support. Not everyone has them because with power lines, those are big, heavy steel cables normally anyway. Phone lines, you may or may not have them depending upon the length between the poles. But you have seen them on poles when they put them in the ground to hold the telephone poles straight, you know, when it starts to warp one way or the other. The metal strands that run from pole to pole, things can be mounted to. And who mounts to those currently? Well, the cable companies put their Wi-Fi radios up there and it's awesome. Simple to mount, simple to put up. Permitting and zoning are almost non-existent on the strand. They make strand mount radios, and again, with DOCSIS interface, the DOCSIS can provide power and backhaul, in a lot, for, especially for a Wi-Fi unit. For LTE, we're talking a little more money. It can be more of an issue. Just think about the strands. It's another asset that's out there for people to mount to. I want to bring up lamps. I brought up poles, but in the lamps now, you know, with the miracles of Wi-Fi and LED lighting, they can put all that in one box, in a pole, in a lamp, so nobody knows anything except that they see a lamp up there, and it could be a Wi-Fi hotspot. Backhaul and everything have to be worked out. Maybe you can get down through the pole, but power is already there. But that's really amazing. I think GE and Ericsson were working on that. It's just, it blows my mind that they can make something so simple, so high-tech. The other thing the city has which they use a lot for public safety in most cities, are the city buildings. Don't limit yourself. Again, I brought this up before uh, in another podcast, but you have the roof, obviously. You can rent that out. Rent it to the carriers. Make some money off of it. But you also have the side of the buildings. You have windows. You have things like that. Stealth radios are a big deal. Well, put them to work. You, you have a lot of assets out there. That's going to be the foundation for what you need to really get things rolling in the smart city, at least with mounting assets. There's way more, right? I just wanted to do a quick overview. Now, at the end of this blog, found on wadeforwireless.com, uh, we have, what do we mount on these assets? Cameras, IoT sensors, IoT radios, Wi-Fi radios, small cells for LTE, traffic sensors, autonomous driving car sensors, fixed wireless for broadband to the business. Could be CBRS, could be LTE, could be millimeter wave. Rent space to the mobile carrier, rent space to internet service providers, rent space to cable companies. Put in public safety radios. You know, FirstNet's rolling out an LTE system, or at least I hope they do. I guess the way it sounds right now is ATE will be rolling, ATE. 
AT&T will be rolling out an LTE system for FirstNet. Anyway, you could install solar panels on a lot of these, and you would just save energy that way. You could put small wind farms either on the poles or on your rooftops. Again, another way to make energy. Just make sure you have the wind to support it. Same as the LED, I'm sorry, same as the solar panels for energy. Make sure you have plenty of sun and the proper batteries to support it. Take some engineering. But now with low power lighting like LED, you can save money there. You can connect sensors to detect open parking spaces, which I think is going to be huge. And again, you have smart meter hotspots. So wherever there's smart meters, you know, you can put them in. And I, there's one thing I didn't bring up in here that I probably should, and that is bus stops and public transportation. By public transportation, like train stops, bus stops, and places like that, where you can put in not only the hotspots, but you can also put in digital signing, uh, signage, digital signage. These signs are just like um, what you'd see out in the street. You know, it's, it's just like, you know, it's video. It's like a, a TV screen, right? But the reason that's so important, because you could put that into advertise for the city. You could just sell the space and let somebody else run it. You could run it yourself and just put advertising on it for the city. And you could also maybe promote some things and happenings that are going on in the city. Those are all things that you have out there in a lot of big cities now and even in a lot of smaller cities. Let everyone know you're high tech. All right. That's all I got for this week. I made it quick for you. Remember, be smart. Be careful and pay attention. See ya.